Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. That's right, you're listening to 30-something movie podcast, and we are back this week with another movie from 1993. This week's episode is A Bronx Tale from 1993, and I've got most of the crew with me here for this recording. Let's see, down it well, the corners are going to be different for everybody, and the people listening don't care what the corners are, but down in my left-hand corner is Dennis. Dennis, how you doing? Good, how you guys doing? Hello. Good. Let's see. Bo, Bo, you're in the bottom right-hand corner over here. Yo. Patrick was in the top left-hand corner, but I think he ingested some of the, whatever the experiment the Invisible Man did on himself to turn himself invisible. Patrick has cloaked himself. I, I am I am off screen, but I'm still here, John. Okay, all right. I'm here you, in spirit. Okay, I, I thought you engaged the cloaking device. It's, it's not. I'll, I shall return shortly. Okay, can you fire when cloaked? I think you might have rendered him speechless on that one. Well, John, there's a lot I could say, but, you know, I I, I want to get Tammy's permission before I divulge such secrets. All right, so on this episode, we're going to start off with a, a good, maybe, well, let's say 10 minutes. I'm going to set aside 10 minutes because there was some big, big stuff that came out of Star Wars Celebration, the big Star Wars convention that happened. I think, was it in London this year? I think it was over in the UK. Might have been in London. And supposedly it's going to be in Japan next year. So get your tickets now if you want to go. I probably will not be going. But yeah, Star Wars Celebration, they announced a ton of stuff. And I think, I think I've think i at least asked you guys if you heard most of the things that they announced. They announced some new movies. They announced additional seasons of some of the TV shows and mm-hmm. some other exciting things. So mm-hmm. uh, let's start with the movie stuff. They announced three new movies that are going to be coming out over the next few years and said that they are all pretty much pretty far along in terms of production and everything else. So they are, you know, development is well underway and, and uh, they have pretty much got the ball rolling on all of these directors are going to be James Mangold, who I know Pat absolutely loves from Logan. Yes. And then Dave Filoni is going to direct one, and there's another director named Charmaine Obeid Chinoy. I hope I got that one right. That's going to be doing one. The three movies, James Mangold, he is going to do one. Actually, he directed Logan, and he directed the upcoming, the new Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And his mm-hmm. movie is going all the way back to the dawn of the Jedi and supposedly will deal with the first Jedi to ever either discover or use the Force. So that is his movie. Like I believe it's supposed to be something like 20,000 years before any of the other movies, so way, way far back in time. 
Dave Filoni's movie is supposed to be kind of a a New Republic movie. So it's, from what I understand, it's kind of tying together all the different threads that we've been seeing in the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, the all, like all these movies that are all these TV shows, the Ahsoka show, all these shows that are kind of taking place in the what some people are call, have been calling like the Mandalorian era. Mm-hmm. His movie apparently is going to be a movie that kind of ties all of those things together. So that's very be, cool. That should be a good one too. And then the third one is supposed to be a they're calling it the New Jedi Order era. And if you've read the new Jedi Order books that came out several years ago, has nothing to do with that whatsoever. So don't get confused. Of course. Why would we, you know, do anything like that? Yeah. No, use the same names and yeah. So that one is apparently taking place 15 years after one of the last, supposedly there was a Star Wars movie that came out in, was it 2019? I don't recall. I mean, after after The Last Jedi, I don't recall there being another movie, but supposedly they kept saying that there was one. So supposedly this one comes out, let's just say it this way. I hear this one comes out roughly 17 years after The Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to word it that way because it helps me feel better. Okay. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. And so Ray will actually be attempting to put together a, a new Jedi order or has been attempting to put one together and they're running into a bit of trouble there. So those are the three movies excited, indifferent. How are we feeling? Well, I'm just hoping, I just want to wonder is, is Jack Black and Lizzo going to be in them? Maybe. Do you want Jack Black and Lizzo to be in them? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> did you, um, I'm did, excited. is that who that was? <laughs> I knew Jack Black. I just didn't know who the other person was. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to admit, I just cringed a bit on that piece. But anyway, you know. Yeah, um, it, it no, seemed a bit, to, what's the word been, I'm looking for? It felt to me like a Muppet show. Yeah. Like, you know how like, you have a guest appearance by everybody in them? Like, it yeah. was like a Muppet movie. And we were just throwing cameos in there. And you also had Doc from What You Call. I just felt yeah. like that episode lost a bit for me. I don't know. Yeah, the man in the door. Me and Hunter just kept looking at each other and kind of like like cringing and smirking and like we felt that the acting wasn't that good, the lines weren't that good. It just felt like a weird thing. But anyway, as far as the movies, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, they can't all be home runs, but Dennis, did you mean the guy Doc guy? Do you mean Christopher Lloyd? Yes, from okay. Back to the Future. Yeah, right. I was thinking. So you had like these three cameos that were all in the scene together. That scene just was really. I was like, ah, no, come on. So if they're going to go that direction, maybe not as excited. If it's just going to be let's fill cameo, cameo, cameo. But if it's going to be like good quality, yeah, then obviously I'm looking forward. I hope they, I hope they stick with story and not just hey, I want to be in a Star Wars movie and we're going to get people in. You know, I mean, it, it, honestly, ultimately, didn't everything count on cast? A lot of it's cast, a lot of it's, I mean, obviously story, you have to have a good yeah. story, but then you have to have a good cast to do it. And I'm like, when I, we, I'm just saying a lot of this because me and Hunter had just gone through watching, the, like I said, all of the originals, the, you know, the, the, from A New Hope all the way. And we went, I think he went, we went, he went chronologically. So he went one, two, you know, all the way up. Yeah. And, uh, and we were then giving Mandalorian and we were like, kind of like into it, into it. And then that episode came and it was kind of like, ah, oh, I hope it gets 
back to better. Yeah. You know? So that was, that was our only thing. So, and, and going back to that, my reference back to the older ones was like, you know, all those people in the original were people you didn't know. Was I mean, you had Alec Guinness, obviously, but other than that, Mark Hamill, Gary Fisher, a bunch of unknowns, you know? Yeah. And, I, and it's like, and it works sometimes when it just makes things more believable. When you start seeing other people who are famous people just being in things, I think that can detract from the story if the, if it's the story's not good and you can't put, like, like it worked with, with Samuel Jackson and, you know, like, you know, although like there's cer- certain ones that work yeah. and because the story around it was good and it's just done in a believable way they can really act. And, and Jack Black, I love, you know, I've never seen Lizzo act before, so I didn't know, but it felt like she was reading a high school play. Like it just didn't seem like it worked. And I don't know if you guys feel that way. That's just, I mean, it was weird. It took us out of the kind of the element of the, for, for some reason, for the first time during Mandalorian. Yeah, that part was a little But rough. again, so if you go, so if you go that direction where it's going to be like back to, you know, good storytelling and good acting and good casting. Yeah. If it starts to be obvious, let's, throw plugs of people in and you know like we don't I never knew who Ray really was before like as an actress so it worked you know for me I didn't know Adam Driver you know but that worked even that worked for me you know so I don't know I get it it's yeah I mean it's always exciting to see something you know coming out so they announced they announced these three movies they announced the Ahsoka TV show that's going to come out and if you saw the trailer for that Mm -hmm. it is absolutely insane especially if you watched Rebels Fun to see all those characters in live action. Fun to see if you're a fan of the Heir to the Empire books and all that other stuff. Fun to see that we'll get to see a Thrawn, a Grand Admiral Thrawn in live action. So that should be a lot of fun. They announced Andor Season 2. They announced a third and final season of The Bad Batch. They announced some more follow-ups. The Tales of the Jedi is getting a Season 2. That animated series of shorts is getting another one. There's going to be a bunch of different TV shows. The Acolyte, which they're calling a, what did they call it? They called it a mixture between Frozen and Kill Bill, which is supposed to take place, I want to say, 100 years before Episode 1. Yeah, so all that stuff that got mentioned. So here's my question for each of you guys. What is the one thing out of all those things that got announced that you are most excited about? I will say for me, just because it's it's probably an easy pick right now, having right. having seen the trailer of it, would be the season of the Ahsoka show. Um, yeah, that looks pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that looks like the. I mean, if they had shown me trailers, if if they had shown me trailers of the other stuff, I probably would have been like, yeah, that one. I mean, I think the the James James Mangold one going all the way back to twenty five thousand years in the Old Republic, that one could be a lot of fun. But that just, one's gonna be fun because they're not stepping on themselves, right? You don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. far back in time. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna cross any streams that you're not supposed to cross. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is director is like you're you're gonna know more than I am right now on that. But the directors who are directing these have they directed any of the other other ones? Are these all new directors? The only one that's directed said- Star Wars before is Dave Filoni. Okay, which one did he do? He's done all of the, like, the Clone Wars, the Mandalorian, oh, uh, Book of Boba Fett. Like, okay. he's, he pretty much is, between him and John okay. Favreau, they've kind of almost taken over as the heads of Lucasfilm. Well, yeah, Favreau, I know, writes those and everything else. And I, okay, directing-wise, because then I'm yeah. like, okay, because that might be the tone, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Style, tone. Yeah. It's like I, if you tell me Chris, Chris Nolan's doing a Batman versus somebody else is doing one, you know, it's going to be, 
each director has a certain style or tone to it. So that that also is a big factor of how I think it, you know, JJ Abrams, you know. Yeah. So so it's one guy who's done past ones like the Mandalorians and then the rest are brand new. Rest are new to Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I'll just say, based on that trailer, I, the Ahsoka show is probably the one I'm most excited about. Because yeah. it looks like what I'm hoping it'll do is it looks like it's going to, you know, not just bring in the stuff from the animated series, but it looks like it may bring in some stuff. It sounded like, from some of the things they were talking about, that it may bring in some things from, like, the Heir to the Empire books. Like, there were some little hints that, in fact, I love that they dropped the line that Thrawn is returning as the heir to the Empire. I'm like, okay, thank you for name-dropping that one. That was very nice. Yeah. So, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, Pat, what are you, what are you excited right. about, Pat? Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I have, I have, not like I'm the only guy that discovered it, right? But, I mean, like, I have... I have for a long time thought that the animated Star Wars shows, Rebels, Clone Wars, I love the Bad Batch. Yeah. I love the Bad Batch. I think that's some of the best Star Wars out there. I got to be honest. And it just, the way that it enhances the story, expands the story, and tells the story in a very impactful way. I was, I was very surprised, and I, I know that, we're doing a chronological Star Wars deal too yeah. in our house. And we went four, five, six, then we went back and watched one, two, three, and then Clone Wars, and we're watching our way through all that. But I went like we went one, two, the Clone Wars, started three, stopped three, watched the last season of the Clone Wars, jumped back to three. And and I and and it's funny because you know, Tammy kind of was like, okay, so we're gonna be watching cartoons, all right. But like she got into it. The kids love it, and just the the characters that they've developed in there are some of my favorite. And again, I, I I'm just going to use the word impactful. The story has emotional punch. I mean, suddenly, episode three gets elevated yeah. after seeing the Clone Wars. You know what what's happening in the off time? You know between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is elevated with the stories of rebels and the bad batch. And you start to see everything that's going on. And I'm, and I'm speaking in very general terms, but bottom line is I love the animated shows. So going full circle to your question, I'm definitely looking forward to the Ahsoka show because I love Ahsoka Tano. I think she's my favorite star Wars character. I mean, it's incredible. And it's funny because I kind of haven't, I have an abhorrence of joining groups of people with like strict rigid, like, you know, you could be part of the group, but here are all the expectations, you know? And it's sort of like, even like the Jedi and then, you know, like the Mandalorian, you know, it's like, man, they're the good guys. But, and I think that Ahsoka Tano is such a great character because she just takes a step away from all that. I mean, she really, truly is a loner. Pat, we, um, we have yes. no expectations to bruise. Yeah, that's okay. Anyways, I'm rambling, but yeah, so I'm excited for Ahsoka Tano. I love the rebels. So yeah, it was suddenly seeing and my kids were like, Oh, Oh, that's Sabine Wren. Oh, oh my gosh. That's, you know, general Sindula. Oh my God. You know, that's so, so we're, we're pretty excited for that. More bad batch, more better. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just going to be great. And again, I think the movies that they're announcing, I think Bo, you said it where they're not going to step on themselves. 
I think is a great way of saying it. it's like Star Wars as a place as opposed to a thing. And it's like we've we've heard a lot of the Skywalker saga. We've heard a lot. You know, it's really kind of been done. So let's expand that world a little bit and see what else is out there. So, yeah, yeah I'm really interested to see when they go back that far, you know, hit the nerd alert button now if you want. But and I've been playing the Star Wars Oh, I forget the full title of it. It's funny. I'm on the computer that it's on. I don't know why I'm not just looking it up. I've been playing this Star Wars game for a long time, and that's what it does. It goes all the way back, and it talks about the Knights of Revan and oh, yeah. some of the cool... Are you on Knights of the Old Republic? Deep-ass backstory. They call it just Star Wars the Old Republic. Oh, it's yeah, a yeah. online multiplayer online. Oh, yeah. There's Yeah. And it goes <laughs> way back, and it is just it's great. Yeah. Some of that old stuff is super cool. And so it's kind of exciting that they're going to try to do that. I just hope they don't, you know, try. Oh, you, just, I, you, just made me think, you just made me think about the old stuff that you mentioned video games. And I'm like, we, we pulled out the old Atari 2600 and we had the uh, Return of the Jedi one. Yes. And then there was the, uh, like the tell one me, Strikes Back. Tell me of the Empire Strikes Back with the snow speeders yeah, and the, the thing. With the snow, with oh, the snow yeah. speeders and the walkers. Yeah. yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like the kids were, the kids are dying on that one because they were getting, they couldn't, they couldn't do it. It was like. <laughs> That's a tough one. I, I remember that. Yeah, that it was. And good it stuff. Just faster and faster. Yeah. So it was kind of cool pulling those out. Yeah. Right on. Nice. Yep. Old 2600, Atari 2600 graphics, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's good that they're going to do that. I think I just hope they resist the urge to make it another another saga of the same. Like, I feel like this most recent trilogy, like the first one had so many of the exact same themes and moments from the first trilogy. And I was like, come on. You don't want to rehash the story over again. You want a good, vibrant story. Yeah. Like, I know that story works, but... And if that means they go into some other land or place or time, like you said, about not stepping on themselves, there's no reason that they should rehash the same story just a hundred years before. There should be no rehashing the same story a hundred years in the future. Like don't rehash the same story is all I'm asking. No, it it won't be because I, one of the things I think that got leaked was that the new character's name is going to be Duke cloud runner. So it's a it's a totally different character. Totally it's a totally different, different story. Completely you know, different. It's and and Duke. Uh, I, I think I think Duke actually ends up. Let's see. It's well, this his, one actually marries his sister. It is actually, that the yeah, I think he actually ends up marrying somebody he's related to, not just kisses them and gets gets the left hand chopped off. And ah, it's it's a totally well, different story. You see. It's it's absolutely totally different. There, yeah. All right, well, a lot of good stuff coming from Star Wars, so I'm sure we will, as more things come out, we we like to nerd out about this kind of stuff, so I'm sure we're going to be talking more about it as more things get announced and as as days approach for these movies to get released and these TV shows to get released. So I think Ahsoka is coming out in August, so that one's coming pretty soon. That's soon enough. We will follow up with more Star Wars stuff as things come out, and we'll we'll share more of our nerdy adventures with it as we get to that. But we have come here tonight to talk about A Bronx Tale. So let me run you through. If you haven't listened just, to our hey, show just, before. Just curious, how long was that Star Wars 10 minutes? It was about 15, maybe. That oh, wasn't bad. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I yeah we, we, went, we went over just a little bit. Maybe like 15, 20, I but yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought we went double that. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. You know. That's pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like a full hour. Oh, no. 
So we run through a little bit of the trivia on the movie, a few details there. We'll give you uh, we'll give you the synopsis of the movie. We kind of break it up into its major moments as well, just to kind of fly through the plot a little bit, just in case you haven't seen the movie or haven't seen it in a while. And then we get into some deeper thoughts on the movie itself. So the first section here is our trivia pursuits. This movie is called the Bronx a, a Bronx Tale, not the Bronx Tale. There's many Bronx Tales. This one is A Bronx Tale. came out on the 29th of September, 1993, rated R, with a runtime of two hours, one minute, directed by Robert De Niro, his first directed first movie he directed. He also did The Good Shepherd and The Comedian. Writers for this one, the writer was Chaz Pamenteri. He did the play and the screenplay. This is based off of his one-man play that he wrote. He also did Faithful and Women vs. Men. Producers were Jane Rosenthal, John Killick, and Robert De Niro. Rosenthal did Meet the Parents, Killick did Dead Man Walking, and De Niro did Silver Linings Playbook. Music by Butch Barbella. He did The Dukes and New York Street Games. Cinematography done by Reynaldo Villalobos, who did Urban Cowboy and 310 to Yuma. Editor was David Ray, who did The War at Home and The Last Time I Committed Suicide. Production company for this one was Tribeca Productions, who has also done Thunderheart and Wag the Dog. Budget was $10 million. Box office was $17.3 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 78%. Could not find a cinema score for this one. Starring Robert De Niro as Lorenzo. He was in Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. Chaz Palminteri was Sonny. He was in The Usual Suspects and Bullets Over Broadway. Lilo Brancato was Collagero, age 17. He was in Crimson Tide and Renaissance Man. Francis Capra, who was Collagero at age 9, was in Kazam and Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. Say again? Oh, I thought one of you guys had something. Terrell Hicks played Jane. He was in Belly and Subway Stories, Tales from the Underground. Catherine Narducci played Rosina. She was in The Irishman and Jersey Boys. Clem Caserta played Jimmy Whispers. He was in Goodfellas and Casino. Alfred Sacelli Jr. played Bobby Bars. He was in Analyze This and Analyze That. And Joe Pesci was Carmine. He was in Goodfellas and My Cousin Vinny. All right, a couple little trivia things I got for this one. Chaz Palminteri's autobiographical play that inspired the movie. He wrote this play, and it was a one-man play that he had been putting on, and he was really trying to hold out for being able to write the screenplay for this and to have a starring role in it. The studio didn't really want that, but Robert De Niro was basically like, look, I, I got to have this, and I want a 50-50 partnership with him. I will agree to all of Palminteri's conditions as long as I get to direct it and play the character of Lorenzo. So they apparently sealed the deal with a handshake, and that is how he became the director, and Palminteri got to have some creative control over it. Casting scouts searched around New York City and Long Island for a teenager to play the role of Caladro. A scout had noticed Lillo Brancato on Jones Beach. For most of his childhood, he had done impersonations of Robert De Niro and was often told that he resembled De Niro, so when he performed an impersonation for the scout, she immediately cast him. Robert De Niro had to actually get his commercial driver's license for this movie, so he has a Class B with a passenger endorsement to drive the buses. And, yeah, I, I guess he actually received his commercial, commercial driver's license for this one, and I, I don't know if it's still valid, but maybe. If his acting career ever goes south, he can always drive a bus, I guess is what I'm saying. It's good to have options. It is good to have options. 
And the last thing I've got on here is a little bit of a... It was my understanding that there would be no math. This is a little bit more of a math trivia thing. The $150 a week Sonny offered Lorenzo to carry numbers in 1967 would be the equivalent to about $1,300 per week in in 2020. Collagero's $600 in tips that he got would be the equivalent of about $5,500 today. So I can only imagine being a... What is he at that point? Was it was that was still when he was nine years old, wasn't it? When he got the six hundred dollars? Yeah. Yeah, he was still nine. So handing us handing a nine year old fifty five hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let me channel friend of the show. He's not a friend of the show. He didn't know anything about us. And he's dead. I will channel <laughs> will channel posthumous friend of the show, Don LaFontaine, in our synopsis here. In a world where the streets of the Bronx are ruled by crime and loyalty, young Caladro is caught in the crossfire, torn between the honest path of his hardworking father Lorenzo and the magnetic allure of the local mob boss Sonny. C must navigate the treacherous waters of love, family, and the neighborhood that shapes his destiny. Witness the gripping saga of a boy's journey to manhood in the heart of New York City's underworld. Don't miss a Bronx tale where every choice as a consequence. All these years, what have I been telling you? Yeah, I know. Stay in school, get two educations. I know. That's right. This is my life, not yours. This is not for you. No guns. I first met Sonny in 1960. I was nine years old. He was the number one man in the neighborhood. And as I grew, he grew in power. He became a boss. And I was his friend. I wonder why. I don't care. In a world called the Bronx. Look, I'm your father. I love you. You're breaking my heart. Sonny, trust me. That man can never trust anybody. The sooner you know that, the better. He was caught in a tug of war between his hardworking father. I tell you something, to go to school, to go to... You don't understand. It's not what you say. It's what he sees. It's the clothes, it's the cars, it's the money. I treat that kid like he's my son. He ain't your son. He's my son. And the man who owned the neighborhood. Don't you trust anybody? No. It's a horrible way to live. For me, it's the only way. Is it better to be loved or feared? I would rather be feared. Uh, oh. Because fear lasts longer than love. <laughs> What was I gonna do? Run away? Make people think I got no heart? I mean, what makes you think you're so special? Mm. He'll hurt you like anybody. Mm. Sometimes hurting somebody ain't the answer. I know who you are, Sonny, and I know what you could do. This time you're wrong. You don't fool the man's family. So what are you gonna do? Fight this? Stay away from my son! Robert De Niro, Chaz Palminteri. You worry about yourself, your family, and the people that are close to you. That's what it comes down to. A Bronx Tale. All right. So, as we get into the major moments of this one, I want to start with a quick just a reminder of, of what this movie is about with these major moments. So, major moment number one is Hong Kong Cop... Ma Hong Kyung comes to New York for his uncle's wedding and soon becomes involved in a rivalry with a local street gang. Nope, wait, hold on. Sorry, that's Rumble in the Bronx. Wrong movie. Wrong. Okay, all right, this is a Bronx tale. 
Bronx Tale. Okay. So, Fievel Mouskowitz moves with his family from Russia to... Oh, I'm sorry. That's an American tale, not a Bronx tale. Getting my notes confused here. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm always doing bits. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. We, we know the Bronx tale. tale. All right. Oh. Uh, all right. So the actual major moments for this one. In the 1960s Bronx, young Collagero, who for ease, let's call C, witnesses a murder committed by a local mob boss, Sonny, in defense of his friend. Collagero refuses to identify Sonny to the police, kind of earning his respect and his gratitude. So Sonny takes Collagero under his wing, teaching him about life and kind of the ways of the streets, much to the disapproval of C's father, Lorenzo, who is played by Robert De Niro and a, is a hardworking bus driver. We get kind of a time jump forward. So as a teenager now, Collagero is kind of torn between his father's insistence on you know, gaining through a hard day's work and, and an honest day's work and the, the values and all of that versus kind of the allure of Sonny's lifestyle, the, you know, the easy money, the power, the what looks like respect and love and, and maybe kind of the allure of some of the fear too, but the, the whole kind of power behind what Sonny holds over the neighborhood. Collagero also falls in love with an African-American girl named Jane, which causes some tension within the neighborhoods and among his friends, as the Italian neighborhood not getting along so well with the African-American neighborhood and not, not appreciating it, not either one not appreciating it when they go visit the opposing neighborhood. So there's some stuff that goes down each time that that happens. Rose friends sees friends plan to attack a group of teenagers, of the African-American teenagers. One of those includes Jane's brother as they are riding their bikes through the Italian neighborhood. And C kind of refuses to participate. He almost kind of goes over and and uh, kind of like stands over him, almost pretending to hold him down, but in kind of a way, he, he kind of almost is holding him down. But, yeah, he's he's trying to maybe do make something better of this situation or try to like protect at least one of the guys from the rest of his buddies. And it doesn't go well because then Jane's brother is kind of able to identify him later on when he comes to their neighborhood. Sonny teaches Collagero an important lesson about the difference between fear and love. And there's a point later in the movie sees friends actually die when they go to attack the black neighborhood and they have some, I think they had some Molotov cocktails in their car, and it literally backfired and blew their car up. And then finally, kind of towards the end there, Sonny is murdered in a mob-related hit, and C is left pretty well devastated at that point. It's kind of at the end that Lorenzo and C share a moment together. He realizes kind of the importance of his father's values and, and what a life in the criminal world looks like. And finally, as we kind of end the movie, he, he makes peace with Jane, and it looks like they're going to move forward with their relationship, despite the fact that they are from two very different neighborhoods that would typically not get along. So, is there anything else? Is that I kind of flew through the major moments of the movie? Is there anything you feel like I missed, or anything we can jump into it when we get into our deeper thoughts here in a moment? Oh, good synopsis. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's think a little deeper about this one. And now, Deep Thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's 
It's very deep. Thank you. All right, let's start off with the the first questions we normally start with. Do you like this movie, and when was the first time you saw it? We're starting. Uh, this was the yeah, first Pat, time I saw it. Oh, go ahead. It. I. I'm still a little up in the air. I think I need to see it again. I feel like I might have some of the stuff maybe didn't land the first time because I was processing it. I did not like it. Just I didn't walk away going, that's a movie I need to see again. But now the more I think about it, the more I, it's sort of, it's one of those movies that sort of sits with you for a while, you know? Yeah. I saw this movie first. It wasn't, it, I mean, it, it was a while ago, but it wasn't, it wasn't early on. It wasn't when it came out. I really wasn't even aware of it till I think it was after college. I think it was one of those that, you know, it was on, it was on TV. It was like a cable on demand or something like that to where, you know, I could see it. And it was kind of like, Oh, okay. Bronx tale. I don't know. And I kind of flipped it on and, you know, you recognize some of the characters in it. You know, you recognize Robert De Niro or, or uh, Chaz Palminteri. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, I'll check this out. And uh, I remember being really taken with it and like, oh, I, I want to sit down and watch this thing all the way through. And so, yeah, for me, uh, like I said, I saw it a little bit later on in life, but I was very taken with it. And for me, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a, it's almost like a Shawshank redemption. Whenever this one's on, wherever it is for me, I got to sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just, I'll get sucked in. And then usually it's like, well, let's be honest. Most of the time you watch stuff anymore, it's streaming. So you just start it wherever. But if it's like on partway through or whatever, I'll usually finish it wherever I'm at and then go back and watch it again from the beginning. Yeah, for me, I this this week was the first time I had seen this one. I had not okay. seen this one before and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought there were... It felt like there were a couple of moments here and there, and I think mainly from the, mainly from the teenage version of Collagero, that maybe the early parts of the movie, his acting was a little wooden, and so there were a few moments there where just the acting part of it kind of took me out of the movie for for a half second or so. So I mean, nothing that that ruined the movie for me, but that I think was the only thing that really kind of took me out of it was there were just a few moments where I was like, uh. That, okay, that performance is not so great, but, you know, overall the story, the other characters, De Niro, Palminteri, you know, all of that and kind of the, the back and forth between his two father figures in this movie, you know, I think overall it was a, it was a different take on, it was a different take on, I think, this type of movie. When you, when you think about some, some of the other movies dealing with the idea of, you know, the, the mob, this one seemed to have a little bit of a different kind of a twist to it. You know, a little bit of a Goodfellas vibe with some of it, but, you know, for the most part, this one was a little different. And then bringing in, you know, some of the racial tensions between the neighborhoods, that was a little bit of a different twist that I feel like some of the other, some of those other movies didn't tend to focus on quite as much. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I probably would watch it again at some point. It's it's not going to be like a regular thing for me, but, you know, a few more years, I might go back and watch it again. And I, I want to get Dennis's, give Dennis a chance to get his take in here. But, but I just want to say, too, it's it's cool to me that this was kind of like, you know, what was it? This was Chaz Palminteri's baby, right? Like he wrote yeah. it like it's and it was originally like a single actor, like a single. What do you say? Yeah, one, one man play. One man play and one man and autobiographical. One man play. Yeah. 
and autobiographical and he yeah. still performs it like you know so many places throughout you know so he really cares about this story and it's almost it almost in my mind is kind of what i remember reading and hearing you know about like what sylvester stallone did with rocky like yeah you know there were different movie companies that were like okay well we'll take it but it's got to be no 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 no. this is my story i want to tell it my way or forget about it and and I, i just think that that's pretty cool and you know as much as we talk about oh well there's no nothing unique coming out of hollywood and blah 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 blah. you know you hear this stuff where hey someone has a story that they want to tell and they're going to tell it in their manner and 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 all that and i I just think that's pretty cool so anyways dennis i don't want to steal i don't want to steal your time no that's fine yeah so me and pat were talking a little bit about this around the copier today but yeah i i I love, I actually love this movie. I don't know. I think I brought it up during one of our talks before, maybe it was during Goodfellas or something. I think I brought up this movie and I think part of it is for, again, me, I saw this, I, I didn't see it at the theater, but I saw it out on, you know, probably VHS or DVD at the time it would be VHS, right? Were DVDs out that I don't even know. When did, when would you have seen like soon after it came out? Nine ninety, probably 93, 94. Yeah. It would have been a release. Yeah. I don't think, my dad uh, brought home. DVDs weren't really maybe. DVDs weren't really out there until probably what like 97 98 Yeah, that's what I think. So it was a VHS probably. So this was one where we all saw it as a family, so there's a little bit of nostalgia there with that whole kind of feeling towards it. And I thought it was just a nice little story. Like mm-hmm. is it going to be like some groundbreaking oh my god phenomenal film? No, but I kind of I was trying to think of movies I compared it to like as far as the feel, when I say feel not vibe because it's definitely not story vibe, but like the same feeling I saw when I saw the once the Irish story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys have seen it, like it's just, it's just yeah. a nice little film and it does what it does really, really well is the way I saw it. And maybe it's because I was also, you know, 21 at the time. This kid was 19. I grew up in Cicero. It wasn't like we had the mafia or anything, but it was just an interesting, I, I, I took away, you know, when you're dating girls, I remember I took away the tip. I mean, Pat, we're talking about this with the door. You know, and whether or not she's a keeper. And I remember always when I was out on a date, I would literally do that. I would try to set it up to where I would open the door for her. And we had those pop-up, you know, the pop-up door locks. Yeah. And I would always walk around the back and look him like he did, you know. And so, so for me, it has a little bit of a more personal connection of, like, the vibe, the time. And like I did I said, like it, it, that it, moment. Like, that, that stuff was cool. Yeah. To me, I would almost go Wonder Years ish vibe to it. The music, the soundtrack, uh, yeah. throws you back in that time, coming of age story. And and I like that they didn't overplay the mafia bit so much. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I really thought that was refreshing about this. It wasn't like the caricature, typical, stereotypical mafia guy. You actually could feel for both characters, which I thought was also excellent. And I think I was ta- talking to Pat about this earlier, too, is just like saying, if this kid's growing up and his dad's this hardworking bus driver and this other guy is literally like the most evil person in the world who's just dropping and whacking people left and right like that, like obviously this kid, then you're going, why would this kid choose that life? And why would he really, for the character character that he has, that, he's, that his father has instilled with him, which you can obviously see, he's a more thoughtful kid, like you said, holding down the one kid. He was like caught in something that he knew wasn't right, but he was trying to do the most right thing in the situation, you know? He was able to look past someone's color and still find her attractive and beautiful, like that whole thing. Like it wasn't like he was like looking at it like, you know, like like the stereotypical sort of. It was it was just a different. Like the kid looked like a pretty good kid overall. Yeah. 
you know, and he was raised that the father was raising, but then all of a sudden there was this temptation and that temptation had to be realistic. Not, I'm not talking about the girl. I'm talking about, you know, Chaz, Sonny, Sonny, money and power, you know, Sonny gave some good advice. Sonny gave some good advice in the film too. Like occasionally, mm-hmm. like he wasn't like all out, like horrible. And that, what I liked was that Sonny also didn't just whack Robert De Niro. You know, like when he had the confrontation, like you played that in the clip where it was the, the where we heard it in the voiceover, or not the voiceover, but the, the, the trailer or whatever. But yeah. um, he respected it. He respected that that's your son. And when he reminds him, hey, you're crossing, you're going in the family, Sonny. And, 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 and while, Ch- while, while Sonny's character was still kind of like had the whole face, he also realized, you know, like, like he respected that to a certain degree. Where he was like, I get that that's his son, that's his son and that's his father. You know, we may not agree on things, but he, somehow there was a certain level of mutual respect that was still there in some weird way um, mm-hmm. that I thought was kind of cool. It wasn't like, I got the power, I'm going to whack you now. You know, it was like, he warned him he was still being tough guy a bit, but he also, underlying it, you caught the sense that he understood that, that he was a hardworking father. And, you know, uh, I just thought overall, I thought it was a good story. So I some of the it. I enjoyed it. I've seen it. I saw it probably three times back then. I saw it once with my kids, and my kids liked it too. Yeah. So it held up well for me. So some of the stuff you mm-hmm. bring up is is one of the first things I was going to ask. You got the characters of Lorenzo, Robert De Niro, and Sonny as Jazz Palminteri, and they differ quite a bit in how they portray kind of the father figure and how they portray let's let's call it toughness. So which of those two do you connect with most? So in this story, you've got, and like you said, there were moments, even though even though Sonny is a little bit more of a, I don't even want to call him a villain. I, I'd almost call him an antihero. You know, Sonny's, yeah. Sonny's a bit of an antihero. But like you said, I mean, there are times where he gives the good advice because he specifically tells, you know, all of his other guys, you know, he'll have them do all of his dirty work. But for Collagero, he's like, look, this life is not for you. The guns, mm-hmm. guns are not for you. No guns for you. You know, he's he's special. So while he's, you know, while he might be bad guy, doesn't mean he's bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was one almost, of the things I kind of appreciate like, about his And again, I'm reading into, I would be reading into the story, like my own interpretation of that, but I yeah. also sort of got the sense from Sonny, like when he gives that advice, like he's a guy who like, he's in this position, but in some deep way, he almost wishes he had a different childhood and a different way where he didn't fall into this position, Yeah. but he's in it and he's going to play it the best he can. Right. And in some way, and he's going to also, yeah, obviously like, like do it to the, to the hilt, to, you know, to the best mafia type of character. Cause you have to play that role, yeah. but he almost like gets it. Like I'm in this life, but almost you don't have to be in this life. Yeah. You know, like it's now it's cracked up to be like, I have to look over my shoulder. I have to worry about all these things, you know? And it's like, the only time you really, and then I think the kid, because he seems like such an almost other fatherly figure, but a more, what do you call it? Not celebrity, I guess celebrity or famous or whatever, you know, like, like more popular than his dad is a bus driver. Yeah. He, it's like, the, that's what the kid is like drawn to. Like he's a good guy and he has this life. My dad's a good guy, but he works hard, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't, which one would I rather have? I'd be right, man, I get to have all this and all that and be maybe a good guy. And it isn't until he starts to see, you know, especially like when he comes after him after the, the explosion with the car yeah, and he's like threatening like the kid, he's like going after the kid and the kid's like, Oh, and he saw how, saw how terrifying he could be yeah. and how that life is so scary that you have to look over your shoulder and worry about somebody whacking you where his dad doesn't have to worry about that. 
you know, and I think it hits them there where it's like this life isn't all it's cracked up to be, you know? I think, Dennis, I, awesome. think, I think the word you were looking for was that Sonny is infamous. He's infamous. <laughs> infamous, yeah. yeah. No, 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 yeah. not infamous. He's infamous. Oh, infamous. Yeah, infamous. more okay. than famous, yeah. I, I think, too, it's funny because it's almost parallels to what came up in the, the Godfather with Vito Corleone, where he didn't want Michael to be involved in the family business. Right. And Vito mm-hmm. Corleone kind of got wrapped up into it just because that was kind of survival, right? That was what he had to do to survive what was happening as a, you know, an immigrant to the country and so forth. So you kind of see that, you know, and, and again, Dennis and I had the conversation earlier, but it's, it's, it's good in a way that the movie didn't even show you what Sonny was involved in. Right. Yeah. You know, because you don't see, I mean, obviously he spent time in prison, but you kind of wonder, you know, when you compare to the other movies about, you know, organized crime and stuff. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. You compare it to Goodfellas. Okay. Would he be kind of like a Polly character and Polly, you really don't, you don't see much of what, you know, Polly, but that Polly was the character that was always sending the guys out to do things. So, you know, you don't get to see that okay, well, what is he really involved in? Is he involved in drug running? Is he involved in gambling? Is he involved in racketeering? You know, like, what are the, some of these things that that he's involved in? They don't show that to you. So again, you know, if if there is a dichotomy to the to the person, right, you don't get to see those negative sides, right? Oh, and wait. You know that it's yeah, bad and, and- because you know that Lorenzo doesn't want a son around it. It's like, we want you to stay away from that. But like in Goodfellas where... You know, my dad knew what was happening down at that cab stand. He didn't want me anywhere near it. And they kind of show you what they did with the kid. You know, they were roughing up the mailman who brought the kids report cards home, you know, in The Departed, you, you know, where Jack Nicholson's character was bringing those kids into the fold. You know, you saw him killing people and all this kind of stuff. In this one, they don't put that front and center. So you can focus on, like you said, like the more human sides of the of the character when you're comparing the two father figures. So I thought that was that was good that they didn't delve into that. You know, it was bad and you knew it because of that. The Lorenzo character told you that, but it was like, okay, but we don't see it. So we're, we're kind of like Caladro in that we're okay. We're, we're not seeing it. So, okay. We know it's bad, but he looks like a good guy. I mean, you know, it's so yeah, you're, like you're, you're not giving you're, him a fair shot. Like you don't get it. Cause yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's possible. Also, like that age is you guys will see. Like you get to nineteen, and that's the age where fathers don't know anything. <laughs> right? Did you say nineteen? You, know? you, you sure it's not fifteen? I was gonna say <laughs> today. I you know. So he's gonna doubt like the dad. Like, dude, you're just a you're just a you know a guy who works for the, for a bus. I mean, this guy's like got his stuff together, you know. And you have that conversation with kids about like how you achieve what you achieve should be equally important as to what you achieve. And, and if you do it in a non um, ethical way is that's not something to be respected, you know, but a lot of these kids, we've had this conversation about YouTube people and people who make a lot of money and it's like, Oh, but what are they doing to get to that spot? You know, and, and is that a sell sellout or about, you know, morals or whatever? And it's like, would you rather be a little bit poor but have integrity or would you rather have you know, fame and wealth but sell your soul, you know? And it ultimately, all kids are faced with that dile- dilemma, I think. What is, many, uh, many what is this soul you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just you say watching know. this movie, some of the conversations hit a little close to home. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, is I, I correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen it in a couple of years when I watched it with the kids a few years ago when I saw parts of it, but isn't there, it doesn't Sonny, 
and again, it could be completely wrong. So maybe pulling out, I don't know who this would be. Everybody's at a moment where they've screwed something up, but doesn't Sonny like turn down? Is it, is it something he won't deal with drugs or he won't deal with something or something like, I thought there was a movie where somebody's like confronted and they were like, we don't do that. We don't do like the drug. Like I don't, I don't get involved with that. Well, the Godfather. The, like, Godfather, yeah, the Godfather, but, there, but does it happen in here too? I don't recall it does happening it happen in, in here, here but no, okay. I, I think it was mainly, I think it was the Godfather because like, they were okay. in the Godfather. They were against the drug dealing. Yes. I know that part. And that's what I thought they kind of like touched on in here too. And I'm like, now, I'm, I was wondering if I was thinking of another movie as well. Besides, I knew, I knew Godfather that happened in, but I wasn't sure if it happened in here. Where again, I, another element was I thinking of like how they kind of make Sonny's character a little bit more appealing, a little bit more palatable. He's not the outright yeah. guy with you know, like when you see like for example, even even Sopranos and stuff. You know, they go and he's cheating on his wife all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of things you could sit there and go, this guy's got a serious bunch of flaws, you know, for the, for Tony Soprano, but. In this one, it's like somehow they make, and I think it's an interesting choice that they have them play who they played. In other words, I could have, I would have maybe initially thought you flip those roles and Chaz is the dad and, and De Niro's the, the, the mafia guy, but it was really cool to see De Niro play the bus driver and he does it so well as a dad. He looks nothing like mafia in this. He has no, you know, and then you see he could do in another movie where he could be like super like scary and hard ass and it's like in this one he's just like really like the hard work he pulls off the hard-working dad who's just driving a bus and trying to raise his kid the best he can and he just does it like so well that you go i don't know how they could have flipped it around now how could you i can't even see chaz doing that i mean i could like because they're both great actors but it's like those roles if they're interchanged if they if you changed them up would would that have changed the movie I just think they, my first instinct would have been like De Niro's the the mafia guy, isn't he? Mm -hmm. You know, he's always got to play the mafia guy. And I'm thinking he plays the hardworking dad here. And I thought just a great choice. And the soundtrack and just, I, I, I thought it, I just, yeah, I've, I've always found this as a very kind of nostalgic, enjoyable movie for me. Is it, is it perfect? No, nothing's perfect. I think it's perfect for what it's trying to do. But like you said about the acting, to me, it reminds me a little bit about it, like the way Ralph Macchio acted in, in Karate Kid. Yeah. You know, mm. it's similar, but like, and, and, and I, and I think I knew kids like that a little bit in some ways, you know, like just who talk that way. So it's like, it just seemed like a, like a, I don't know. I thought it worked pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Mention the sound. Even the way the ending where he's, you know, I mean, that's the, the assassin where he gets, where he gets shot and stuff. I mean, it's just a great scene too. And he sees it and it's, crowded room and help but like it's it's a, I thought I I was engaged for I when you told me the time is two hours and one minutes I remember thinking that's not that long is it but yeah and you said it man the soundtrack was great I love the soundtrack I picked it I ordered it this morning the only thing is that I love too is that Lorenzo listens to some incredible music on the radio I wish all those tunes yeah. made it onto the soundtrack because there's some great stuff yeah. there's some Miles Davis on there but anyways just great music throughout the whole the whole thing. Yeah. And Jane, Jane's just great. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd date that girl. It was like, man, yeah, she's like this, like the nicest person in the whole thing. It was more forgiving of everything. And yeah. they had reasons to like sit there and like totally turn on this kid, but she still didn't, you know? I mean, she doubted for a little bit, but like still like believed, you know, like believed in him and gave him that second chance. And yeah. 
So, Dennis, I got to go back to something you said earlier. You you did try the door unlocking thing in real life. Did you have any keepers? I did. I had probably like three or four that would have been keepers, and I had two or three okay. that were not. Okay. And that turned out to be pretty darn accurate, to be okay. honest with you. When I said, you know, like people that like continue down with a relationship where you're like, oh, well, this was enjoyable, and this is a really good person. Yeah. I think it's just that simple thing of thinking about something other than yourself. Yeah. He held the door open for me. I'm going to lean over and I'm going to open the door for him. So he doesn't have to go with his keys and open up the car door. Cause back then we had like Nova's and I had a 69 Impala, Uh you know, like I had older cars and they always had those pop-up doors like that. And it was just, it's a cool, it literally is kind of a cool thing when you do the gentlemanly thing and open the door and they go in and then all of a sudden it's like you walk around the back and I swear to God, I would look at that, look through that thing and do just like the kid do it. Kind of leaning through the window, pause for a second, almost to give him a chance. If they just sat there, I'm like, gosh, yeah. And it would be on the back of my mind. Well, and I love his there reaction to it, too. There's somebody out there who I did this to and literally did not open the door for me. Even as I was fumbling for keys, it was kind of a blind date type of thing, too. Like, semi, it was a setup situation. You know, somebody set me up with their yeah. with their niece or whatever, so they probably know they're out there. I had to go down to Nick's Fish Market downtown, which they set me up for this date. I paid for everything. I didn't know this. And this girl was just, like, didn't offer to pay for anything. And I was, like, not rich at all at that point. <laughs> I was poor as heck, and I'm like, and I and I'm sitting there with like a hundred bucks in cash for this date in Nick's Fish Market. If you've ever been downtown, mm-hmm. this day, it's like you go downstairs to an elevator. It's like one of those things where there's a guy in the bathroom who will help you with pretty much everything, and and you're just like, this is fancy, and uh, they pull out the table for you, and you go like, I mean, like it's a whole. And I remember her ordering like what's like the most expensive, like lobster, everything, and I'm sitting there just. Uh, I guess I'll have some bread and some water. Wait, wait, I, I, I need to, Dennis, I got I to gotta stop you for a second because I, I have a follow-up question I need to interrupt for. When you say we'll help you with anything, we're not talking like bathtub scene in Coming to America, are we? Oh, they'll shake. They'll shake for you. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's full service. It's full service. I felt like they were gone. It was that. It was like right there, and here's a towel. Here's this. Here's oh, okay. that. Here's that. I'm like, you can do everything or what? Yeah. I was that. That was the first time I've ever even had anybody in the bathroom. I've never seen been to a restaurant at that age yeah. where there's mm. somebody in the bathroom. Again, I grew up in Cicero. We didn't have much money, yeah. and we had five boys in the family. My dad was, a, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So going to a downtown restaurant like that because she picked the place, and it was like I had no, Nick's Fish Market sounded like oh, it's just going to be like this kind of deli, you know, yeah. some fish and whatever. It'll be a little pricey, but maybe fifty, forty, fifty bucks and. You know, and I got down there and I looked at those menu prices and I saw the guys and I'm like, what's this guy doing in the bathroom? He's like sitting there just, that's his job to stand there in the yeah. bathroom the whole time and be the attendant. Well, you guys, I mean, I you, guys like, you guys know what town I live in. We've, we've got that in every bathroom in our house. So I, I figure, yeah. But like that person in that date was probably one of the worst dates ever. I walked oh, out yeah. of that and I was like, and she wanted another date. And I was like, of course you do. Cause I just spent 120 bucks and I got like nothing except that bathroom experience. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, hey now. So that one was interesting. So it was like somebody who seemed to be somewhat just more, you know, hey, it's it's about me. Well, and then I've been I with know- other, you know, other dates where it's been like people who've done the the reach over, you know, the 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 yeah. Oh, here we go. That's a whole other kind of door and get that's, what his, that's what his buddy was trying to get him to do that <laughs> test. That's a different kind of test. Well, 
Anyway, I, I don't. I don't even have a sound drop that'll help with this. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Well, you okay. can take some in editing. You can add something in post. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can add Tammy and I dated that. yeah, sure, off and on. Tammy and I dated off and on in high school, right? And uh, like, and and she always reached over and undid the door lock. Always. Always, oh, and then it was that exactly what you were talking about, Dennis. And every time, like, you know, we date and we kind of break up for a while, date other people, and it was hit or miss whether they, and then every time Tammy and I go on a date again, I'd like open a door for her and then look over and she'd reach over and undo the door. And it was just like, yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, man, yeah. it works. All right. I, is there anything else we want to say about the movie before we jump into our three questions? Joe Pesci, that was a cool, it was a cool appearance in the end. Yeah. And I, this gets yeah. me every time. Every time I watch this movie, it's always like, oh, that's right. He was the guy that got hit over the head. Yeah. And then I go, yeah. And then I, and then I scan back to be like, was that really? Did I miss it? And it's, there's a glimpse yeah. where, like, because I, I did the freeze frame and you get a glimpse. And I'm not sure if it's exactly him or someone that looks like him or whatever, yeah. but there's, you get, and they, the way they keep it covered, you don't see the guy, but there's one little glimpse where you get to see his face, and it's like, oh my gosh, it is. It's totally him. Yeah. So, no, that, yeah. that was a cool appearance at the end. That was cool. I do love one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when the uh, the Hell's Angels biker gang comes in. <laughs> now you yeah. can't leave. <laughs> now you yeah, can't, now you can't that's leave. a great scene. <laughs> I love that yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Now you can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, these, that was a good these gentlemen want a drink. Get these gentlemen a drink. And then the big dude yeah. comes in and just like slams the guy against the bar. Yeah, he's yeah. just crushing him against the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 they run roughshod over that gang, man. Yeah. So right. Yeah, I just thought it was a refreshing sort of nice, different take on the mafia yeah. genre. And it's curious. I'd be curious to see how much of that is truly his story growing up. I'm I'm kind of interested to look in that now. Mm-hmm. How closely real in reality was it, or you know how embellished it was? Yeah, I'd love to see at some point if if he was ever in Chicago doing the one man play. I'd love to go see it sometime. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say I was reading some trivia about this. Yeah. And I guess the guy, the unlucky guy, Mush or whatever. Yeah. That they showed supposedly that guy was a real character, like a real person. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. And did you, did you see this clip bit, John? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, correct me if I get it wrong, but that guy was a real dude. And I think that might've been him in the movie. Like they got him to play that character in the movie. Yes. But I think then so. at mm-hmm. the, but then at the premiere or something that they were like, well, hopefully the curse doesn't last. But then there was something like, it rained the first day of the shoot when they brought this guy that was the real guy, the unlucky guy on yeah. on stage or whatever. I mean, it were on set. And so it was just like, like that, that unlucky thing just kept going. Yeah. I saw that one too. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess some of the hell's angels were real hell's angels. Yes. Yeah. They did hire, I want to say it was like five or six of them were actual yeah. hell's angels or, or what were they? They might've been called uh, Satan's messengers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. They called them something else, but it was, it was basically hell's angels. Yeah, but yeah. the, the, the whole dice scene was funny. What are you doing? Okay. You're in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> he puts that guy in the bathroom. Everybody's the in the bathroom. Guy, Why are you breathing on me? Why are you so close back? Okay. You're in the bathroom. <laughs> he keeps putting all those guys. Up. 
Look at your face. You don't want to look at your face like that. We're trying to roll that. Get out. Get, yeah, see, get Dennis, in the bathroom. Dennis, you go to that restaurant. Everybody's in the bathroom, but they're not going to help you with anything. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It is time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions for a Bronx Tale. Question number one, what are your top three movies, shows, or books that address the themes of loyalty, family, and the struggle between right and wrong? I'm going last. All right, I'll, I'll go first. Broad I, topic. I think that question should go last. <laughs> oh, so everybody's just rejecting my question this time. Yeah, I think I think we're 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 organizing. Oh, okay. we're, we're banding together against you. All right, that's fine. Well, then I'll answer my own question then. Well, that's good. So that for mine, a... I picked. I'm um, glad you mentioned the Wonder Years earlier because that kind of shows up on on my list here. I would say the Wonder Years would be one. I would say the Godfather would be another one, and I'll I'll lump in like the whole Godfather saga, like do it all as one big story and do it that way. And last one I'm going to throw in is To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. So I think those would be my three. The Wonder Years, The Godfather, and To Kill a Mockingbird. And it's a coming-of-age story? It can be. Family? No. Sure, it can be. Loyalty, family, Loyalty, and yeah. right and wrong. Kind of a struggle between right and wrong. And it doesn't have to encompass okay. all three of those things in, in your story, but... Gotcha. One of well, if you just, I mean, if you just isolate right and wrong, and there's a little family in there. I mean, Breaking yeah. Bad yeah, has some of that yeah. going on. Well, I thought initially, like, two things that I, I, I wanted better ones, but, like, when I first read the question earlier or whatever, I think first one came in TV show, and it was Walking Dead, so I thought Walking Dead, there's always okay, yeah. a lot about what do you do, who is your family. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what is your loyalty to those as, you know, cause it's really all about the people, not about the zombies and then like right and wrong. And how much, when do you lose your, when do you in theory break bad? And once you become the bad guy and they, they pose that question a lot throughout the series mm-hmm. of like, who is the bad guy? Are we the bad guy? They think we're the bad guy, but we think they're the bad, you know, they're just doing what we do. So there's a lot of that in there. We are the walking. And for some reason, I don't know why. One of the first movies that came up is this is an old timer, and it's for my dad. I think it made me think about right and wrong back then. Not so much family, but I would say loyalty and right and wrong. And where does that? And that was Judgment at Nuremberg. I mm, don't. It just oh, popped right. into my head, and it was stuck with me all day with this question. So I don't know if you remember Judgment at Nuremberg, but that yeah. one. I, my dad played that over and over a lot of times, and I just remember the the you know the testimony and the guy, and they, and they were like, we knew, and we knew better. It's like that one always stuck with me. And the third one, I'm not sure yet, so I'm going to let Pat answer it. I'll try and get back. I have a couple, but I am still, like, mulling them over. I don't know. Bo, did you give yours? Well, I mean, Breaking Bad, I thought about 
struggle between right and wrong is almost easier than some of the family stuff, but if the family you know, screws it up, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, the words. family loyalty stuff, I mean, gosh. It's a tough one you, you gave us here, John. I, you know, I didn't want to go easy on you. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Well, my daughter's answer to all of these was Harry Potter. Well, I mean, okay, I guess I can see that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this should be easier to come up with, but just it, it wasn't like, okay, all right, here's an odd version of it, but they profess to be about family and right and wrong is definitely fudgy in these movies. The Fast and the Furious series is weirdly about those things. I I had the same thought. Fast and the Furious was one of mine. From a from a fun perspective. Yeah. Right, totally. Like, you know. Hmm. I think my third one that I keep kind of I feel like if I don't say it, I'm gonna be like, I don't know. I would go with maybe you haven't seen it, but it's called The War, and it's with Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah. Elijah Wood. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah. It's got family. It's got all that in there, and then it's got you know doing right and wrong, and that's what the dad's really kind of trying to raise him to do, and it's about fighting with the neighborhood bull. You know, um, I've always we that's that's autumn. My daughter loves that movie. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of Kevin Costner's. You know, it's a good movie. Wow, I haven't seen that in a so long time. I, I might Good pull. With that one. I can go into, you know, I like popped in with The Watchmen. I popped in like Sophie's mm-hmm. Choice. But that's just more dilemma versus, you know, I don't know. And then I, I want to say doing the right and wrong. Yeah, I, I, trying to tie all three together is the hard thing. So when I thought family, I, I think the war is the one I would settle on. Well, we, we talked about it earlier. If you want to tie all three together, you've got Star Wars. You have you have loyalty to yeah. the light side or the dark side. You've got family, and then yeah. you have you have the struggle between right and wrong as to whether or not it's right or wrong to kiss family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> there's, there's that. Hmm. John made a choice. Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. Well, and then there's the whole like you could have a whole conversation about family you're born with or family you choose and loyalty to who and right. If you want to pick the name Skywalker, even though it's not yours, exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting Star Wars sassy now. Who are you? I, I I don't know what you mean. Pat, did we hear yours? Well, I had the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Was was a fun one. Um, you know, it's interesting because I think they do it in a very fun way, but it's 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 compelling. I think the new Cobra Kai series really does that. Oh yeah. Mm. I think I think the Cobra Kai series really, you know, they explore, you know, the right or wrong and you take a look back at the original Karate Kid story, mm-hmm. right? And and kind of like, okay, you kind of view it through a different lens and then that show as the seasons evolve, it's always a Okay, are these guys the right guys? Well, these guys are the wrong guys. Well, it's, you know, the way Cobra Kai was, yeah, they were the bad guys. But now it's like, okay, there's a little bit of a message there. We make that work. You know, there's some good stuff in there. And then Daniel's trying to teach the Miyagis, 
method, but then he isn't necessarily get it all right. And he does some stuff that's not, well, that's not so good. And, and so I think, I think Cobra Kai does it. I think the movie Whiplash explores that, especially family and right or wrong and dealing with, you know, a teacher that's pushing you. And is that, is that the right way to go about it? And have you guys all seen Whiplash or no? Hmm. Okay. I have not. Yeah. Whiplash is, Whiplash is pretty, it gained some notoriety because it was about like this crazy band director, like threw chairs at his kids and everything. But it's Whiplash is, is a really good one because it explores that. It's like, okay. Just how another much day we... with Mr. Canigallo. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, but it's, you guys got to look at the trailer. If, if you've never even heard of Whiplash, it's, it's pretty crazy movie, but it's like, yeah, it's about this guy he directs like, I think it's like a college band or whatever. And he's just like, the guy's intense, you know, but he like turns out great players. And it's like, you, you gotta make it in this guy's band. If you're going to like get a gig and it's just about this kid that just does it. And it's like, okay, is, is he pushing them to, you know, be better or is he like just psycho, you know? So. Oh yeah. Whiplash is a good one. A lot of, a lot of famous people in this one. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Miles Teller is the main character. Mm-hmm. One from Top Gun Maverick and The Offer. And then it looks mm-hmm. like, uh, is it J.K. Simmons is the teacher? Yep. Okay. Gotta love J.K. Simmons, man. Oh, yeah, a lot of good stuff in here. Because then you got Melissa, is it Benoist? Ben, Benoit? I don't know how you say her last name. She was the one that played Supergirl in the CW show. Mm-hmm. Paul Reiser, mm-hmm. as a Mad About You fan. I always like Paul Reiser. He's in there, too. Oh yeah, a lot of good people yep. in this one. No, yeah. I've never, I've so, never seen that one. Yeah, Whiplash is fun. Nice. Well, fun, but it it definitely it definitely makes you think. Fun Anyways, in like it, fun in like the Bobby Knight sense of fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just just watch if you watch the trailer, you get a you get a gist of what the movie's about. But but I'll tell you, you know, he like some of the stuff it's he brings up things that are like, Oh, okay. That's kind of an interesting, that's an interesting point, you know? And, and I I don't want to be totally spoiler, but you know, one of the things he's just pushing this kid and it's just like, Oh my God, this guy's like nuts, get him away from it. And then he talks then he kind of goes on this thing about how, you know, just telling someone good job is like the worst thing you can tell someone if they really want to succeed. Cause if you tell someone good job, they're going to stop pushing and stop trying. They're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like he gets on this whole. So anyways, yeah, it's um, like I said, it gained some notoriety because it was, you know, it gets it gets pretty intense in spots. But uh, yeah, so I would say that movie really makes you question it. Fast and the Furious. The only other one I came up with was the Daniel Craig and uh, the dude that was uh, Sabretooth in the Wolverine movies, the later Wolverine movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was called Defiance about the Belarusian resistance fighters during the second world war yeah, and the Bielski brothers. And it's like Daniel Craig was like leading the Belarusians out and kind of, it's almost like a Robin hood thing. He kind of sets up a camp and then he fights to protect them. But then his brother goes off and fights with the Soviet union and they kind of turn against each other and it's okay. Well, who's right and who's wrong. And that that's a really good movie. And I think has some of those questions in it too. I, you know what? I kept, that one kept showing up on lists of movies that got recommended for me, and I, I have had it on a watch list for a while, and I just have not watched it yet. Yeah, it's really good. It's got, yeah, it was, you have Schreiber? Yes, Lee yeah. Schreiber, yeah. And then, uh, did you ever watch, Jamie Bell is in that too, did you ever watch that uh, Turn America's Spies? No. It was on, was it on AMC? 
It was about the the Culper ring from the like Revolutionary War period. It was like, oh, it was called Turn Washington Spies, and it was about this whole spy ring during the Revolutionary period that kind of would covertly work for George Washington. And yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was a really good show. I want to say it was on AMC. Maybe it had like two mm-hmm. or three seasons, but yeah, it was it was good. All right. Well, let's see if question number two is uh, a harder question. All right, question number two. What actor plays the best mob boss? Which actor? I'm always, I've always been partial to De Niro's Capone from The Untouchables. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The baseball bat scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Enthusiasms. Uh Uh-huh. I actually had De Niro was down as mine because I was like, okay, the guy has played, you know, he was, he was Capone in the untouchables. He was Vito Corleone in Godfather part two. I'm blanking out on what his name was in Goodfellas, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, you just pick the number of different mob bosses he's played and how well he plays each one of them. So I think I got to, I got to give a daily double to De Niro for this one. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love, absolutely love Michael Corleone too. Like that's Al Pacino is also amazing, but I think just for the sheer number of and quality of the mob bosses, whenever I look at Robert De Niro, I, I sometimes just think mob boss. You know, that's a drop you need now. What's that? You need Jeff's Bobby D. Bobby D. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> My brother, Bobby D. You know, Marlon Brando with Vito Colleone is always going to be iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say, like, Jack Nicholson in The Departed is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I mean, there's something there, and I'm True. laughing not because it's funny, but because it's like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's method or if he just buries himself in the park or what, but you just look at that, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, this guy just holy – Holy buckets. Yeah. He, he ain't, he ain't, he's not right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that boy ain't right. Jimmy Conway was De Niro's name. In good Jimmy terms. Conway. Jimmy Conway. That's what I couldn't remember. Dennis, did I you have Jeff- a favorite mob boss? And you guys got like, you got some of the best. I think you mentioned obvious ones. I would, I, I, I got to throw in Soprano. I still like Soprano when you're in. Oh yeah. James Gandolfini. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm really partial to this movie. I really like this movie, so I'm going to put Chaz Palminteri in there because I mean I really like the, what he brings to the Sunny character. Oh yeah. All right. And final question: Actor. Speaking of Chaz Palminteri, actor and author Chaz Palminteri owns his own Italian restaurant in New York. So we're going to go to our. I, I think we can call it our newly named segment. Uh, When's the last time you ate? I gotta figure out a way to grow three years worth of food here. Randy, don't play with your food. Eat it. I'm talking about food. Real food. 30-something food podcast question. What is your favorite dish at an Italian restaurant? I have yes. not been to an Italian restaurant is, in way too is, long. Is yes an acceptable answer? Yes is an acceptable answer. everything on the menu. Everything on the menu. Crazy uh, salad. Chicken parmesan, mm-hmm. tiramisu, mm-hmm. 
with a shot of limoncello. What is tiramisu? You don't know. You're messing with me at this point. Right? He's got to be. I'm going okay, back. Good. I'm going back last week to Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you had me there for a second. I was like, I was no having a moment. I'm that. like, I don't even know how to describe yeah. this to you except pillowy goodness with chocolate and coffee. Like, I don't know what to say. No, 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 no. I was, I was doing a bit on last week from the the line from Sleepless in Seattle. I think there's going to have to be another drop with the, the record needle scratching. Yeah. Like, what, what did John say this too? time? Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go maybe a, a tad bit off the beaten path here and just say that if, if done right, one of the things that I always enjoy getting at, particularly at an Italian restaurant, although it's, you know, you can get it other places than Italian restaurants, but the ones, the times where I've had it and it's been the best is, is a good breaded fried calamari. <laughs> yeah, that's the appetizer. Yeah, can't if, disagree with that. If done right, if done right, no can defense. All right, so my appetizer would be calamari. So you stole that one. Okay, there you go. And then I would go with the lasagna. Would be my. We used to. Lo- I loved lasagna growing up. That was my favorite. There's a place in Berwyn. Joseph's was the name of the restaurant. Joseph's Italian restaurant. And they had the best lasagna, best ricotta, ricotta cheese. I guess you say ricotta. Is that right, Pat or ricotta? For me, it's ricotta. Ricotta. It's ricotta, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? You could be right because that's something I learned too. Is like how 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 Italian Chicago Italian says it is maybe a little different than how you say it back in the you know in the exactly. homeland. I've heard ricotta and I've heard ricotta. So I we used to say yeah. ricotta. So anyway, we also say yeah, sausage. Was, so yeah, <laughs> sausage. Or sausage. And then you got to finish that off with either some Italian ice from mm-hmm. Freddy's. Or yeah. if I'm in the restaurant, because you, you said restaurant, so I got to go to the restaurant. That's a, a little store. Freddy's, by the way, best Italian ice, probably. Gina's is good, too. Both of those are good in the old neighborhood. But I got to go with a good cannoli. Can't skip uh, a bit of good cannoli. Yeah. Or some spumoni. Yeah. <laughs> you got to put the spumoni on the cannoli, and then, uh. We're all going out somewhere to an Italian restaurant. Oh my no, God, hungry! Oh my gosh! My Did this happen before we start talking about food questions? Before, yeah. <laughs> well, right across the street here, I've got Tina G's, and across the street from Tina G's is Tony Cannoli. Yeah. I mean, hey. yes, that's when we lose cannolis. We start talking about cannolis. Yeah. It was yeah. it. You were going to go, yes, Tony Cannoli, my cannoli guy. Stories. <laughs> and I've been over there like three times now since we talked about that. <laughs> Yeah, you the little, you, did you get the little mini ones you just pop in your I, mouth? And I you did, well, as, as a thank you to the, I don't remember what it was for, but as a thank you to our tech support team, I went out and bought like a box of the cannoli bites. And I, oh, they're nice. And I, and I dropped those off. It's like, okay, you guys, thank you for everything you just did, and here you go. And now I'm going to walk away slowly face. now. It was right, yeah. <laughs> Going a little more, a little more plant based here. I would go with the uh, my current would probably be eggplant parmesan with a chini and some marinara sauce. Can't beat a good eggplant. There you go. The Paco. Pat's just, Pat's just, been, I'm just happy. I'm just thinking all that food. You know what I'm saying? Pat went by. Uh, yeah. 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 He kind of has gone bye-bye. Pat's gone bye-bye guys. No, you said it. There's, it's just such good. There's just so much good food and it just so many good options and all that kind of stuff. I love olives. 
So, you know, for appetizers, it's always good, like a bowl of olives or any salads that you can get, you know, olives in always hits the spot. You mentioned like caprese salads. I love that with the fresh mozzarella or, you know. There's a place over here, Gale Street Inn, right on Diamond Lake. Oh, yeah. They make a caprese, but they do it instead of with mozzarella. They do it with a burrata. Burrata, yeah. Yeah. Crap. You're a big fan, isn't it, Bonta? Love Bonta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Bonta. What's the place on Butterfield? The one that we've gone to, it's Italian restaurant. Mambo. Mambo Italian. There's Mambo, but okay, then there's another one that's on 45, I'm thinking, too. La Rosa. What is it? La Rosa, but they closed. Loretta's, but did they move to Gray's Lake? Oh, Loretta's. Loretta's, Loretta's, Loretta's used to be yeah. on that corner. We used to go there a lot as teachers, yeah. yeah, yeah. Loretta's yeah. in Gray's Lake. They got a bigger that place now. It's nice. Yeah. But I like getting I like getting to Bontas as much as possible. So tan- right over in tangent, tangent and question Lucy's. now. So slight tangent question here. Is there <laughs> something is there something that you would order at the restaurant because it's too difficult to make at home. Like, is there something specific that if you go out to a restaurant, lasagna. you got to get it at the restaurant because it's too tough to make at home? Lasagna. For me, it was always lasagna. Okay. I made it before and it's like great making it, but man, it's like, it's, there's, there's a, there's a process, you know, and layering and all that. And, and mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Okay. For me. And I wouldn't say it's too tough. It's just more involved. It's not like you just throw a, you know, think of pasta and boil some mustachioli and put some sauce on it and call it a day. It's yeah. like you, you're baking it. You got to do it right. There's, there's layers and it's a longer process. So okay. I'm going to go lasagna. Well, and see, that's the question is stuff that I would make me personally, man, but I mean, homemade. And that's the thing is that like with Italian food, it's always, and it's like so many, you know, ethnic foods, I think, you know, it's the homemade is always the best and the restaurants that are the top, are the restaurants that taste homemade because they've got like that unique recipe that they can make. And I mean, and all that. And I mean, my great aunt, my great grandmother used to hand hand make her pasta and her raviolis and tortellinis and tortellacis. And I mean, she would make everything from scratch, you know, and it was, you know, incredible food, but uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, I mean, all is good for me, but you know, for me, I can always taste when someone that really knows what they're doing makes it handmade. That's amazing. Or going, my cousin, incredible Italian cooks. And, you know, every time we go there, it's an, it's just this feast. I mean, and it's amazing what they can, what they can do for my cousin's son's graduation. They have in their backyard, a brick pizza oven and they were just making, they were just making pizzas and cannolis all the whole party, you know, and it was just like, it was incredible. Your cousins but, with Will Riker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I, well, the one I but, will, the one I've done before, and I've only had it once or twice, but I'll definitely do this at a restaurant because I don't know if you've ever tried to make it at home. And I, and I feel like some of the ingredients are a little tougher to find quality wise at the grocery store. The once or twice that I've had Asobuco, you know, Gonna do that one in a restaurant because I think that would take a little bit longer. At least what I understand is it's a little bit more involved to try to do something like that at home. So I'm like, I yeah. The, the one of the times I think we went somewhere for a work lunch type thing. I don't remember if it was Mambo or if it was somewhere else, but I remember having it there. And got like, you a Pepe. Right, that's pretty good. That would be a tougher one to make at home, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I, I, my tastes, I usually love to, te- I tend to love like the simpler stuff, Yeah, you know, like the stuff that really hits home, 
is just like a bowl of pasta, penne, spaghetti, whatever, but with a really, really, really good marinara sauce. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like you can just, you just fall into that. And it's just, this is the greatest thing ever. I love, I love turtolacci's and raviolis either, you know, filled with cheese or cheese. And, and like I said, it's, it's a good marinara sauce just makes all the difference in the world. Like that is just awesome. You know, I'd grow up and my grandma would show up at the house. My grandma would always make me a little bowl of fertilinis in like a broth. And so anytime I can get like turtellinis in a broth, you know, that always kind of brings back memories and, yeah. and all that's very, very good. I'm always well, adding some grilled, grilled mushrooms, grilled green peppers, grilled onions, yeah. grilled garlic. All right. Well, I say, <laughs> I think as a result of our 30 something food podcast questions that we continue to ask, I think I'm going to add like another tier to our Patreon co-executive mm-hmm. producers. Buy and, us dinner. I... Yeah. Well, no, if it, if people support us at this level, then they can come out to Chicago and we'll do a, you know, we'll do like a dinner and a podcast kind of a thing. Oh, there we wow. Go. That's awesome. Just minus the podcast. <laughs> we should have a 30-something movie podcast cookbook. So Ooh. all that, I'll hey, say. there's not a lot I of other merch had, stores that I know have we a cookbook, had trouble. So. I know we had trouble with the mariachi band and the chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Tina G's right over here does have a little room where you can close the door. We could. <laughs> Record an Italian dinner podcast quite well. Bo, I like the way you're thinking. Uh, So do I. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Because then if we had little little portable mics, if we had like little lavalier mics, we could just clip them on and then walk across the street to Tony Cannoli. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing you do, what you do, is you bring the little Zoom recorder. Yeah. yeah. And you go to Tony Cannoli first. Yeah. Order your dessert. Bring it over to Tina G's and just set it in the corner. Yeah. So it's there when yeah. the time comes. Although right. I have now to say, Tina G's has this lemon blueberry cake that boys. Mm-hmm. Is Tina G's Bo, Bo, is gonna... related to Gilardi? The guy that yeah, owns Gilardi. That's, that's yeah, that's Phil and Tina still run that. Yeah. Okay. Bo, I'm, I'm going to push back on everything Dennis has ever said about you. You are a smart man. <laughs> Still a Cub fan, though. Uh, like I said, a very smart man. I don't think I picked on Bo. I think it's more, more John. Uh-huh. Hi, are you still there, Dennis? I th- I'm sorry. I thought you cut out for a little bit. They won yeah, tonight, probably, by the way. Probably did. I was walking up, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Until I mean, unless we end up going even further down the food rabbit hole, which we tend to do. But mm-hmm, rabbit. Hey. This is... <laughs> This has been the 30-something found, movie podcast. I just found Chaz Palminteri Restaurant's menu, and I'm, like, doing the deep dive. Oh, there you it's, go. It's very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, we, wow. We're going to be here the rest of the night talking about Italian food now. Mm-hmm. 30podcast.com is our website. I do like the idea of the 30 Podcast cookbook. We could throw that up in the merch store because I don't know too many other oh. I don't know too many other podcasts that have a cookbook related to them. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking this idea. So I think it's, I think it's possible. But we are 30podcast.com. We're at 30podcast on the different social medias, whether that is the bird-related one, the elephant-related one, the I don't even know what the, all the other social medias are at this point, but um, whichever ones you're moving to because the other one is going up in flames. And If there's one we missed, let us know. We'll yeah, sign up there, too. We'll <laughs> sign up there, too. The, the tiki-taki, the whatever it is. 
Our next episode's coming up. So this month is our location, location, location month. Our Patreon episode, if you're over there joining us on Patreon, we would highly, highly recommend that because, first of all, it helps out the show. For those that are supporting us over there through Patreon, thank you so, so much for that. We appreciate all of you that are doing that to help us cover some of the costs of the show, keep everything running, and then we put out bonus episodes over there as well. So if you want to get that bonus material, at this point we are, I want to say we've got close to 50 bonus episodes that are over there between the little short ones and the regular sized ones. So head over there if you want to check those out. But our Patreon for this month was the Razzies of 1993. And then we had a Patreon shorts, Sleepaway Camp from 83. And then later this month, I'm going to go check out Evil Dead Rise and do a quick little Patreon short on that one. Then our regular episodes for this month have been Sleepless in Seattle was last week. This one was a Bronx Tale. I think tomorrow, I'm trying to channel my you know inner fortune teller. I think tomorrow is when we're going to drop the Bond movies special that Pat was on with a few other podcasts. So that one is coming out on the, what was it, the seven, 70th anniversary? Of the first book, yeah. Of Casino Royale, yeah, yeah, okay. And then next week is Gettysburg, and the week after that is Philadelphia. And then May is our action movie month. Our Patreon episode is American Graffiti from 73. The Patreon shorts are Local Hero from 83 and The Hunger from 83. Regular episodes in May are In the Line of Fire, Demolition Man, Loaded Weapon 1, Striking Distance, and The Three Musketeers. So we have got a lot of fun, good stuff coming up here in the very, very near future. Gentlemen, it is always fun. It's always talking, always fun talking food with you, but it does make me want to go somewhere like after we, we record late. So unfortunately, like a lot of places are closed. But it does always make which me is probably to... better for us. It probably is because if they were open and we could go, yeah. we might do it. Yeah, and well, and re- yeah, and regret. But my bet is still the minute you guys sign off, there's a refrigerator opening in every single household. Oh, I can just about guarantee oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I've already got the water boiling for the pasta. Yeah, Pat's already <laughs> in the kitchen, so yeah, that's right. that's why Pat turned his camera off because he was already halfway to the kitchen before we even finished this thing. Oh yeah. He's just sitting there. He's like giving us hand signals, like wrap it up, guys. Come on. Let's let's hurry up. Yeah. He's swirling his pasta. Right. Yeah. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this one. We will see you back here next time. So be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time. Like I said, the Bond movies special episode is coming out tomorrow, and then we'll see you back here next week for Gettysburg.